Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy here with my first cup of coffee. <sighs> Today is Monday, April 8th. And finally, finally, here it is spring. We got to spend some time outside yesterday. A little bit on Saturday, too, but mostly yesterday. And we've dug a pond for our backyard. We used to have one back in Laramie. It was a great big one. Uh, and uh, we'd been meaning to do it here for a long time. I'm not sure why it took us so long. David says maybe because we remembered how much work that one was. That one was a really big pond, and we put a flexible liner in it made it the shape we wanted it to be uh yeah <laughs> it took us weeks so with this one david was looking online and saw a cheap pond form at lowe's and saturday evening we had dinner with our friends um katie lane who writes cowboy romance and her husband jim mr lane <coughs> We met them for dinner at Tomasita's. So on the way, we went by Lowe's, and we ended up getting a different pond form for even less, but that had a, a really nice shape. It was kind of stuck at the bottom behind boxes of Roundup. Uh, I don't know if they, like, had them stowed sort of in this back corner so that people wouldn't see them and get mad. That makes me mad that Lowe's is selling Roundup anyway, that poisonous shit. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it's like, stop selling and buying that stuff. Jeez, people, you know. We don't need to be poisoning the bees. So anyway, we bought this pond form and then had to rinse it out really well to make sure that it had uh, all of the pesticides rinsed off of it bought the form and then yesterday we figured out a spot for it and I dug the hole for the pond form and because David uh, his back can't quite take the digging and so I looked on as good exercise because I also did um, my difficult yoga class Saturday morning woo, woo. so I had a good exercise weekend <laughs> but it wasn't that bad digging that hole um, the soil here in Santa Fe is nothing like trying to dig the soil in Wyoming. That stuff was like digging straight up rock. So I'll post a picture of the new pond. It still looks a little raw because, you know, I just dug up all the ground cover around it and everything. And now I will go in and arrange and plant. But I think it's going to look really pretty. And we've got um, our big old koi from the aquarium that they are outgrowing. We're going to put them in there and let them be wild and free in the fish pond. So it was fun to do. And then David went around and put all of the screens on the windows. So yesterday afternoon we had the house all open with the breeze coming in the screens, and that was a lovely sign of spring too. I really love it when we can open up the house. We'll have it 
now pretty much all the windows open nonstop from now until uh, Thanksgiving. Open or closed to a greater or lesser degree, but I uh, am not a fan of air conditioning. I never quite understand the people who just have their windows sealed shut all the time. I know you have to in some climates. I had friends in St. Louis when I asked them if, if it was okay if I opened the guest room window for a little fresh air, they kind of gave me this puzzled look and said that actually they'd never tried to open any of the windows. Any of the windows in the house, they'd never tried to open any of them. So they didn't know <laughs> if it would open or not. It was. They said, let's find out. And it was so funny to me. It was like, really, you never, ever open your windows. Now it's Jackson crying in the window for me. Okay, okay. Let's see if we can get him harnessed up. I apologize for, um, on Friday's podcast, that clicking. I didn't know about it until my mom said something about it. And I, but I did test today to make sure that I don't have it going on today. Where'd you go? You in here in the window? Oh, on my desk. Yeah, don't play your game. Come here. Ah. Anyway, I think that I might have had the microphone next to the zipper on my jacket. I think, sorry if you're getting interference there, that's Jackson rubbing against the mic. Um, I was wearing a jacket with a metal zipper, and I think maybe that was the tapping sound can't think of what else it could have been. All right, harness, radio collar. There you go. And I've got to go get his leash from out back because he was out back with me yesterday afternoon helping me dig the pond. Through the passageway of doom, it's not quite warm enough to sit outside out back yet. So it's not too bad. Okay, let's see here. Along with rando bungee cord. So I blogged yesterday and posted a photo of it. But for those wondering how Friday went, uh, the adaptation of the treadmill worked really well, surprisingly Come on. Come on. <laughs> David came up with a very clever plan to put some um, of those folding leaves, you know, like for the coffee table or coffee table, dining room table. Okay, we have those. Those ones that fold up and then you take them out and you set them in and they expand your dining room table. So we had put those across the handlebars of the running treadmill. And fortunately, the running treadmill has such a nice um, flat handlebar system that that worked great. Okay, now let's see if Jackson will let himself get hooked up here. Where'd you go? Jackson, come here. Come here. Come on. 
Want to go out or what? So I ended up walking on there and I got at least enough to keep me on track for word count. I didn't get um, the full 3,500 words, but I am on track. And I didn't lose the day. The second Jackson capture. He thought he was going to go out back again, but he's not. Don't claw. Hey, no, be careful. Be careful. All right. Didn't you guys miss the kitty wrangling? <laughs> All right, there he's harnessed up. All right, fly and be free. Well, more or less free, right? <laughs> as free as he gets to be. Free to be you and me and a harnessed cat. Yes. <sighs> okay, so. Yeah, so it went fairly well on Friday. And I'm going to have uh, my treadmill running by Wednesday. They're shipping me a new motor, which is still under warranty, so that's awesome. And the folks will come up from Albuquerque, and they're going to give it a complete, a complete go over, uh, clean it out, and check the belt and the rollers and all of these kinds of things, and make sure that it. <clears throat> oh, he's got a knot in the harness. So, and that's all for the same. It's not a low, low price, but it's, um, hang on, let me just get this untangled. They have a $100 trip fee to drive the hour up to Santa Fe. And then, what he did to this thing? Hang on, Jackson, let me in. <laughs> He comes leaping back. Let's see if I can talk and untangle the leash at the same time. It's quite a challenge. Hold on. Having the cat simultaneously pull at it. He sees something out here he wants to go investigate. There. That got most of it. So it'll end up being $175 if it's no more than an hour and a half of work, which, uh, knock on wood, shouldn't be. So that's pretty reasonable for my thing that I use every day and depend upon. For some reason, my mom thinks it's really funny that I was worried about being able to write if I couldn't walk. And I don't know why she's so amused by this. You know, and it's... um. You know, that's the thing about developing writing rituals is once you develop a really good habit, then when things interfere with that habit, it's, um, it's just disruptive. And there's a fair amount of, I don't know, I don't, you know, the, it, it's magic in a way, you know, creating... Writing a story is a magical thing to do. You're making something out of nothing. And so having the right circumstances for it 
It's just, um, you know, it's whatever you end up making it be. I've, I've probably been repeating this a lot the last few days. But, you know, I always say own your process. The most important thing is find out what your process is and own it. But part of that is knowing, you know, is um, trying to think of the right words I want. And, I, you know, I talk about it on the blog sometimes as um, treating it as something sacred. It is something sacred. You know, it's something, you know, maybe one of the most sacred things we do, creating something from nothing. It's uh, something that we can do that the animals don't, right? Creating art. So that's that's something to be treated with proper observance and gratitude and treating it as the sacred thing it is. So, you know, while it sounds like a silly thing that, you know, like walking on a treadmill could be treated as somehow sacred, you know, that's only because of of how we, we view it, you know, it's, we have no problem treating some guy up at an altar holding up a cup of wine and a loaf of bread as sacred. But that's because we've been taught that, that it is, you know, and of course, yeah, I guess I, you know, my family's Catholic. I, I know, you know, it's the miracle of transmutation. But in many ways, storytelling is a miracle too, right? You're transmuting. You're taking um, an idea and transmuting it into a book eventually. So, so you know, which, which is more difficult? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sacrilegious. If you guys had figured that out about me, now you know. So, anyway, I should be able to uh, work again on the treadmill today, on the running treadmill. You can see in the photo that I, um, well, from the photo yesterday on the blog, I'll give the link to the blog, that I uh, sort of bungee corded the open laptop to the console. Big old Beko going by. So that it's kind of like my monitor on my desk I should do a side-by-side comparison. And I always have my um, separate keyboard. I have a little solar keyboard that's got lovely key action. It's such a big deal, key action. We were giving Grace Draven such a hard time because for Christmas she got that typewriter keyboard. And I was talking to her on the phone, and she was taking notes, and she was typing on that thing. And it does look cool. I mean, it looks neat, like an old-fashioned typewriter. That thing was clacking and banging. You know, she, we're talking, and she's, and I hear in the background, she's going, and I said, is that that fucking typewriter keyboard of yours? And she starts cackling. If you know Grace, she has this, you know, her little southern cackle. She goes, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it's seriously how she laughs. She starts cackling like that. And she says, isn't it great? And I said, that would drive me up the freaking wall. And she's like, no, I love it. I love how much noise it makes. It makes me feel like I'm getting something done. <laughs> so there's there's the differences. One of the differences between us illustrated in crystal clarity. 
my little solar keyboard is very flat and thin and has, um, I want to say, invisible key action. Now, I'm hearing my copy editor saying, it's not really invisible because you don't see it anyway. It's like, well, it doesn't make any sound and it barely has any resistance. It's like, um, it's like butter. It's like the butter of keyboards. I think some of what you're hearing is um, some chicks up in this next nest box under the portal. The mama's been going in there, taking mom and dad, taking stuff in. I'm interested to see what the birds think when they discover that pond out back. So anyway, it worked just fine to put my keyboard on those little leaves from the dining table and bungee cord up the laptop so it kind of looks like a monitor. And <laughs> that rumble is David dragging in the empty garbage container with garbage pickup this morning. Doesn't it make a rumble? I can hear the neighbors dragging theirs out. You know, partly it's the gravel driveways, but you hear that, I think... Um, is that a truck or is that thunder? It's like, no, no, it's just the neighbor dragging out their garbage bin. <laughs> um, yeah, so it worked fine. Um, so I'm just making progress on the book. Got a couple more weeks to write it here. Yeah, that's right, two more weeks. So uh, we'll just see how it goes. Oh, and one more thing is I started reading The Last Wolf by Maria Vale because I think this is her first book. I'm pretty sure it's her first book. Um, and she finaled for a Rita in Paranormal Romance, and she was talking on the Rita Loop about it, and she did it with source books. And I was surprised I hadn't heard of this book, doubly so because... Uh, Amanda Boucher, who's a friend, um, blurbed it, and Janine Frost blurbed it, which was great of her. You guys, this book is so good. Oh, my God. It's one of the best books I've read in a really, really long time. And I'm not sure why it hasn't hit bigger than it has hit. Um, I would have expected to hear about it everywhere. I'm not sure that they had it categorized correctly. I think, um, I don't know. I mean, it's very clearly a romance. But when I put on Goodreads my progress count, I was, you know, I put on there how much I was loving it. And someone who often comments on a lot of my reviews said, you know, that they recognized that it was a good book and um, brilliant execution, great concept, but that it was too depressing for them. Which really surprised me, because I didn't find it depressing at all. Um, but it is about people who are wolves, and they are set apart as, they are werewolves. They can take human form or wolf form, except for what they call the Iron Moon, which is the three days of the full moon, when they are forced to be in wolf form. They don't have any choice. And... But essentially, they have, they're, they're not, you know, like people who sometimes change into wolves. They are very much ruled by their wolf nature. 
Um, and the author, Maria Vale, clearly knows a great deal about wolves or researched a great deal about wolves because there was just, it's told from the point of view of a young woman who is uh, a runt and has a crippled leg. And so she's sort of at the bottom of the pack. But, and, I, and maybe that's part of why people thought it was depressing. And it's also a very, um, it's not a sparkly werewolf story. It's not a tra-la, tra isn't it great to be a wolf? I mean, there's a lot of things about hunting and about um, savagery and lawlessness. And the hero is a guy who comes from what they call shifters. And that's because they can become wolves, but they have a choice about it. They're not ruled by the Iron Moon. So the shifters could spend their whole lives as humans and not become a wolf if they don't choose to be. Um, and he comes to the pack for refuge, essentially. And it's um, it's amazing the way it's told from this young woman wolf's point of view because she's more wolf than person. And she's never been off of the clan lands because she's, you know, not that strong. And so it's it's it is brilliantly executed, and it was so compelling. I just uh, oh, I gobbled it up. I read it all weekend, and so now I've gone on to book two, and I don't, you know, it switched to a different character, and sometimes I mind that. I don't care. I feel like I would probably follow this author anywhere. So. So it goes. I mean, there is dark stuff that happens in the book, but yeah, I just don't get the depressing thing. So anyway, I've been talking a long time. Thank you for your patience with the clicking last week and with the cat wrangling, as always. Hope you all have a great Monday, that it promises to be a fantastic week. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Bye-bye.